Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. That's right. Daily Minnesota sports entertainment here with Mackie and Judd. Our executive producer, Declan, who I almost just uh, careened off the freeway there to start this show. Are we going to play this clip to start with? No, 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 no. no, no. Oh, we're already live. We'll Go. do it live. Go. We'll do it live. <laughs> um, and we just want titles. That's all we want on this show. If you ever think we're being too hard on Minnesota sports teams, it's all from a place of love and wanting titles. That's all it is. <laughs> yes. Yes. It, it's between that. It's a little selfish, too. But damn it, we deserve titles. Yep. We all deserve titles. So suck it up and win a Super Bowl, another World Series. How about a Stanley Cup? Yeah, I want How you about guys. The LOB, Phil. Ooh, I want. I want the. What LOB? about the LOB? I love the LOB. I think. I think the Timberwolves are on track to win uh, whatever the summer league LOB equivalent is after that great performance last night. So we'll get to uh, who gets it, who, who gets it, who doesn't here in just a second. But on the, the subject of titles, I want people to take note when the 1991 Twins World Series championship team gathers this weekend at Target Field. Okay, look how old they are now. Okay, that's the last of the men's teams to win a championship in this town. Okay, uh-huh. those guys are all old. Look how old they are. Okay, we want we want more than one of those every thirty years or so. Can't, can't, okay. You can't lose these playoff games. They're too old. You can't just take them. He's he's, he's too, too old. old. <laughs> he's too old. He's, he's too old. <laughs> all right, who gets it? Who doesn't? <laughs> every Tuesday here on Mackie and Judd, you can't you can't just let Judd. Be on a show. He's too old. He's, look at him. He's look at too him. Old. I was twenty-one. He's too old. When they when that ball hit the turf in uh, left field, I believe I was. So that was October of ninety-one. I believe I was twenty-one at the time. Okay, and now I'm fifty-one. Yep. You're Think Benjamin about that Button. for a second. Benjamin Button. This this beard was dark back then. If you, oh, you were had, you watching had, us, did you have a beard in on the, YouTube in the eighties? No, 90s? but it would have been dark. Okay. The hair was dark. Look at the temples. Look at how gray they are. Looking great. Who gets it? Who doesn't? I'm old. All right. So let me say this with all due respect, but I am now at the point of just being pissed off because this is ridiculous. So this is who doesn't get it, okay? Kirill Kaprizov, and more importantly, his agent, Paul, and I might butcher his last name. I tried to do it phonetically. I couldn't find it. So I couldn't find a correct pronunciation, but I don't care. Theophanis, I believe, is how you pronounce his last name, okay? 
I am so sick. And I'm not saying the wild is blameless here, but let me let me tell you who doesn't get this from a standpoint of something that's just rubbing me the wrong way every moment now. Paul Theophanis has decided that he is going to somehow leverage the Kaprizov negotiations in which he has no leverage if the young man wants to return to the United States or Canada and play in the National Hockey League, all right? He is week by week or every other week going to another media member to leak something. And it's, I mean, Bill Guerin's ticked off. He should be. It's always been like, really? Are you really leaking that? And then last night it got to a, I think, a new height of stupidity. Frank Cervelli of the Daily Faceoff, who is very plugged in, obviously talked to our guy, Paul Theophanis, and he reports... And I'll go slow because it's so funny. He reports Kirill Kaprizov has a tentative agreement in place with CSKA Moscow on a one-year eight-figure deal in U.S. dollars. It's going to begin September 1st. What? What? What's going on here? Ellipses. Should a new contract with the Wild not materialize? But the Wild, this is more from the Cervelli tweet, appear ready and willing, according to Cervelli, to talk a medium-term length deal so let me summarize we're ready to sign we're ready to go back to russia here it is my pen's hovering over the contract yeah exactly see i'm about to sign it and then and then the last thing that theophanis tells cervelli is the kaprizov camp contends there has been no offer made since april all right this is so simple at this point all night he chick 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 he trapped me quit with the bs that's money Quit with the threats. If you if it's going to be a three year deal or maybe four, and Kirill wants to explore free agency, then at approximately age of twenty eight or twenty nine, that's going to happen. And at that point in time, he will have leverage. But stop with this just complete nonsense. If you want, and by the way, if he wants to go back to Russia, go back. No, like, just sign now. Actually, actually, no. How dare no. you? Don't just do that. go back. No, How actually, dare you? please don't do that. Actually. Do not do if that. If you want to go back to Russia, I did this. I did this no, on go, my you've surly. You've gone too far. I did this on my surly video today, brought to you by our friends at Surly Brewing. And I'll say it again, Kirill. If you want to go back to CSKA Moscow, just go sign right now. Judd's Hockey Show but does not quit endorse this with message. This crap. No, you've you've every. I was I was tracking you there up until the point where you just sent one of the top five players in the NHL it, to Russia. It's okay. an idle threat, though. Like, if you're really going to follow through, follow through. I thought these Russian teams had no, like, I mean, that league, there's, there's, how many American, how many NHL players make eight figures, $10 million or more a year? Not, no. Probably not many. And there aren't, and there are not a lot of players who belong in the National Hockey League playing in the KHL. Like, this is just an empty threat. But do you think he actually has a $10 million one year contract, like, ready to rock and roll? Yeah, it's Russia. I think he does. Well, yeah, he'd probably get paid by different people. But my point is, quit with the threats. Either follow through and do it. Like you, but you're he doesn't basic- want. He doesn't want to do. He wants to play in the NHL. I understand that. But then let's work the deal out. But let's take the agent out of basically trying to threaten Bill Guerin and Wild fans every other week. I'm sick of it. It's stupid. But I don't I, think you can just like remove the agent from the conversation. You can't, but I'm saying I'd like to. Like you can't just get, <laughs> it's Russia. Get, We're talking about we Russians. Why can't you do it, Dex? We can't just get Vinny Chase to take the movie without talking to Ari Gold. That's not how this works. But it's stupid. It's it's 
In three years, he can become a free agent. And that's when you go sign with the Rangers or Kings. Which is what which is what this guy's client, Artemi Panarin, when he left Columbus, did. All right? So in three or four years, if he wants to hit the market and go elsewhere, that's fine. But this is just it's just the height of of ludicrousness to like go through this every other week and say things like, We've got a deal done. We've got a deal done, but but that doesn't mean we won't come back. They, well, the whole, to come back. I, I just think it's just I think tired of it. in terms of who doesn't get it on the agent front. This is where I do agree with Judd, and I am not advocating that Bill Guerin should take the stance of shoving him into Russia. Like, don't play that game of chicken. You really you, want to go back to Russia? You, 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 need, you need Kirill Kaprizov on this team this year, so figure it out, Bill Guerin. But if you're the agent and you're leaking stuff like, hey, got a $10 million one year. First of all, if you have a one-year $10 million contract, shouldn't you just – I mean, you probably should just take it, right? Like, you're not going to get paid – is he going to get paid ten million a year on his wild contract next year? Is it going to be more like seven or eight or nine million? Like he probably could make more if he really has a ten million dollar deal. Why don't you go take it for one year and come back? Don't say September first. Hey, yeah, I'm going to sign this yes. thing in three weeks. Three weeks. I believe Russo reported yesterday that he he has deals on the table for eight to nine million, okay. but they and over seven eight years too. By the way, but Kaprizov's camp wants short term and even more money. So he wants like a three-year deal for ten million dollars a year. He wants a three-year deal for ten. Yeah, and then yeah. so he can cash out and pull a Panarin and and go to wherever he wants three years from now. But Corral, yeah. just just I mean, I hear I hear Judge frustration. I'm with him. I'm just but, sick of it, and I'm also sick of the Fiala thing. That, that I, I thought this was going to be an exciting wild off season. Okay. Yeah. This and is the last point. month has been hell Preach. trying to figure out what the hell's going on with <laughs> Kevin Fiala and Kirill Kaprizov. Like, I don't even know if, I, if this is a who gets it or who doesn't get it here, because I respect the hell out of Bill Guerin, friend of the show. He comes on here all the time. I like the guy. But I'm not really sure what direction this team is about to take. And I think a lot of other people, too, national pundits, are starting to agree that this is not going as swimmingly and no. as planned as it was a month ago no. when they bought out Parise and Suter. No, it's not going well. I'm just, I'm so tired of going to everyone with a Twitter account. I'm probably next. Yes. Hey, Judd, it's Paul, Kirill's agent. Let me tell you right now, he has just signed in Russia a five-year deal. It's that a 12-figure deal now. It's a 12-figure deal. One that year. Voids, yeah, we added a that, comma. It's going to be it great. It only voids if next month is September, Judd. <laughs> Go bleep yourself. Amazing. Uh, all right, my, uh, my first who gets it, who doesn't, is powered by Federated Mutual Insurance Company. All right. If uh, if your company has had risks and hurdles thrown at it over the past year and a half, no better company than Federated. Been around since 1904, over 100 years of experience, expertise, resources. You can find out more about MyShield and what MyShield can do for your business, help you sleep better at night if you're a business owner, federatedinsurance.com, and remember at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, Who doesn't get it? Major League Baseball. But not for the reason everybody was screaming yesterday. I think we saw, you know, the, the news leaked. I think it was Andrew Marchand. Was it Marchand? Yes. Leaked the Barstool Sports and Major League Baseball. This was the hot topic yesterday, at least on my social media feeds. The Barstool Sports and Major League Baseball are deep into conversations about Barstool taking some sort of like midweek package of games and being able to blast them out broadcast them on their YouTube channels, et cetera, and then build events around them, kind of like they're doing with the Arizona Bowl and a gambling aspect, et cetera. 
and people are up in arms because of Barst. Barstool has a seedy history. Dave Portnoy, a lot of controversy. Um, we can get more into that here in a second. But why doesn't Major League Baseball get it? Because they've been so unable to capture the attention of people under the age of 35, 25, 35 for the last 10 or 15 years. They have let that audience erode and lose interest. The games are slow-paced. The players aren't nearly as visible as players in other leagues. The free agency period isn't fun because there's no structure and deadlines. The sport just doesn't have many moments of like must-watch action, either in the season or in the offseason. The NBA is packing arenas for summer league, right? And the NBA has, you know, look, go look at like the Instagram followings of both leagues combined. And Major League Baseball can barely get anyone to watch Sunday Night Baseball. So mm-hmm. um, why doesn't Major League Baseball get it? Because they have for years neglected young audiences. And now, out of desperation, they have to explore partnerships that might be controversial, like this one with Barstool Sports. I like it. It's a thousand percent true, and and I think the thing though that baseball. So here's the one thing: baseball, and I can't b- believe I'm saying this because I'm going to talk about a commissioner I have long blasted. Baseball, which almost certainly is going to have a lockout starting in December, which I think is going to extend into 2022. They have to take a page from the year that the National Hockey League lost a season. And said, the most important thing that was said behind the scenes was not the finances. That was important. More important was, and they were right, our game is boring. That game had turned into a defensive. The Wild was good in part because Jacques Lemaire had won, which was to trap, right? I mean, it was, I remember going to games back then, and it's my favorite sport, and they were unwatchable. Like, it was like, this is crap, and people are paying to watch this? Baseball? has the same problem now. So, Phil, my question is this. Does baseball have the foresight and the ability that if they are out to say, we need to come back, not with a completely new game, but with some substantial fundamental changes that are going to offend the purist, but to get the people that you're talking about involved and say, oh, this is sort of fun. Here's the, I mean, this is the uncomfortable part about this, all right? Barstool Sports is probably the most popular sports media platform for people under the age of 30. And I don't know how we would quantify that exactly, but if you look at like time spent consuming on social media and followers and the most popular podcasts and some of those popular sports YouTube channels, I mean, for God's sakes, Dave Portnoy does One Bite Pizza reviews, and that YouTube channel has like 500,000 subscribers of him just like taking a bite out of a piece of pizza. <laughs> Like, they build audiences under 30. That's what they do. Yes. And so, you know, Major League Baseball is looking around and just, and and they're not oblivious. People are like, maybe Major League Baseball should do some research. And look what Dave Portnoy said about this, this. It's like, do you think they just, well, (laughs) they've done a lot of oblivious things. So I I guess I wouldn't put it past Rob Menford to just stumble into a room obliviously like, oh, Barstool Sports. But they probably did a bunch of research and still determined yeah, we're desperate enough to get people under 30 to like and consume our product that we should explore a controversial partnership like this. So mm-hmm. from that perspective, like it is very forward-thinking from that perspective. How do we get 18 to 30-year-olds to be more immersed in our product, lean into new media, lean into young brands, and lean into gambling, right? But on the flip side, um, 
you have to deal with the checkered past that comes with Barstool. ESPN had the same thing when they partnered with it was that van. It was Barstool a Pardon My Take van show, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. They did like one episode, and Sam Ponder blew a whistle behind the scenes and was like, "Has nobody ever looked into the background of this company?" Yeah. Um, now since that, that was like four or five years ago. Um, since that, they have hired a woman named Erica Nardini to be their CEO. Their CRO and CFO are both women, and three of their top vice presidents that oversee different departments, communications, production, and um, I believe merchandising are all women, too. So it's like Dave Portnoy and like seven women who run And Portnoy that sold it, too, right? It, it's owned by a, na- by a company now, I uh, believe, Penn, as well. Yeah, uh, a gambling company, Penn Gaming. Yeah, so, so it's but, but Portnoy it's is still very much, he's the president and the face and, right. the, and the background and everything. And so if you, you, know, if you take that away, um, it gets a little less dicey. But, like, it is definitely a controversial potential partnership mm-hmm. that baseball is exploring here. And I found this. This is from uh, MorningConsult.com. It's just a, it's it's a graphic that shows, and I can't pop it up on the screen. It's on my other computer here, but interest in NFL and Major League Baseball fading among Generation Z, and it's fading much more aggressively for baseball. But percentage of adults who say that each professional sports league is their favorite among Gen Z, so the younger, like new adults, basically. NFL, 37%. NBA, up to 28%. Baseball, down to 15%. So, um, And among all adults, NBA has almost doubled, and Major League Baseball almost cut in half when you compare it to the rest of adults. Yes. MLS, right behind Major League Baseball among Gen Z. Oh, soccer's huge with Gen Z. They love it. So it's like baseball's just looking for ways. The average age of a baseball viewer, the median the median age of a baseball viewer is almost right. 60 years old in 2021. But, but baseball needs to fundamentally in some mm-hmm. ways change the game. Yes. And, and I don't mean and you know, I'm not talking about going to home run derbies or something like that, but I'm talking about change the game. Like they need to speed the game up, they need to do things they need to do whatever they can do to create action. Because the problem is this. Home runs are really, really cool. Long yeah. home runs are cool. But they're not action on, on a consistent basis. And that's what baseball does not have. And every everyone now has no attention span. The, the other thing, too, and, I, and then I'll shut up. So Declan, who I think is technically... No, you're not a Gen Zer, are you? Are you millennial. a Gen Zer? You're millennial. millennial. You're kind of on the fringe. Yeah. Um, yeah. But the other thing, too, is baseball... The off season is where you can really gain traction with major league with the NBA and NFL. It's like one week, two weeks out of every year in March, everyone is glued to the left guards and free agency. You have no idea who these people are, but you know that for two weeks, all these free agents are going to sign contracts, help your team. You do research baseball. There is no such two week period. Free agency starts like five days after the world series over and then it basically ends in spring training. It's like a five-month waiting game between agents and teams. If mm-hmm. baseball came up with a two-week period, if they created more structure and contractual structure and said this is the two-week period where all the action is going to take place, and you could brand it, people would get excited. Okay, all right, I only have to pay attention for two weeks. Who's the third baseman that can help my franchise, right? What are the big trades that are going to happen? And it's just, uh, you know, you can't really wrap your arms around it. So, anyways, Dex, how do you feel about this whole thing? Yeah, I mean... It, it morphs into who doesn't, but it's it's two things. It's it's baseball fans who want the status quo, 
and then people who truly don't understand barstool sports. So the baseball fans that want the status quo are aware that their game is dying, but then when a new idea comes into play, they said, oh, no, God, a runner at second base with the integrity of the game. Oh, my God, we could never do that. When Barstool Sports comes in and says, hey, this could actually be a partnership. It's a young up-and-coming, all oh, the, the misogynist. You, you, there, there's no chance you're going to – tell me the plan here, Einstein. What, what is the exact plan that you want baseball to do to basically lift itself up from the grave, which is where it's at? And I think with people with Barstool is, yes, there are some idiots that work there. And I've represented a, a fraction of people that I absolutely despise. And I think – where something gets a little misinterpreted, I don't think Phil meant it as the way he said this here in his tweet, but when he said, you know, Eric Nardini is the CEO and there's women that are in position of power, obviously that doesn't necessarily absolve all the bad things that men have done at that company and have said, like Portnoy and other people, and I don't think Phil isn't trying to insist that, but they are trending in a right direction. If you listen to Erica Nardini on She Doesn't, her token CEO podcast, th- that is literally the most forward-thinking person in this company or in, in this in this landscape of sports media, and that's the kind of person that sport that that Barstool should be building around. So yes, there's there's bad. Like we had an issue at ESPN right two months ago with Rachel Nichols and Maria Taylor. Maria Taylor being denied opportunities, and we had to have another uncomfortable conversation with race. Am I going to stop watching ESPN and stop supporting ESPN because there's something that has happened here? The NFL sweeps Ray Rice under the rug. Am I going to stop supporting the NFL? Look, there's bad people in every landscape, and Barstool with trying to get baseball up from the dead is a, is, is worth the risk, basically. It's completely Bar- worth the risk. Another thing, too, Barstool just raised more money for small businesses. Like, nobody talks about this, right? Like, And I'm not even a stoolie. I feel like I'm defending a company I'm not even, like, loyal to. But um, they just raised, like, tens of millions of dollars for small businesses during COVID, right? Like, there's a lot of good things that kind of go under the radar as they try to yep. change their image. And this yep. is all part of them trying to change their image. And I do find it kind of ironic that a bunch of media members and people within baseball, baseball are the ones blowing the whistle on misogyny. And there's a racist comment that was made. Baseball needs to clean up its own house with this stuff. And maybe people are arguing, well, partnering with Barstool is not going to help with that process. But trust me, baseball has a much more misogynist and racist history and current situation than Barstool mm-hmm. Sports does. All right. The pro- The problem, too, though, is this. Baseball has no bleeping plan. Baseball has no plan for how to help itself. And it's frustrating to watch. Rob Manfred is there to try and break the players as much as possible. He's not there for ideas. He's not there because he gives a damn about the game. He's not there to grow a game that desperately needs growth. He is there to get the best deal possible when the CBA is up in December, and that's it. Um, And... The other thing that drives you crazy is, so yesterday, the leak to the post is so obviously baseball being like, we got to float it out. The Barstool yeah, thing, sure. we got to float it out. Let's see how the public think. reacts. Let's yeah. see how they react. You have no plan. Like, your plan is to call Andrew Marchand and say, you are about the only guy left that still writes a, a really good and respected media column in the damn country. We're going to float this past you. And now I'm sure t- today that they're like, we probably can't do this now. We probably can't do this. They, can't. they, have, they can't now. They're not going to now. But it drives me nuts. They have no plan. Like, how does this sport have no plan? I could be named commissioner today and have a plan. But like, we can but, start planning. But, so, but so can you guys. Thing. But like... Like a lot of people saying, this is the right thought process. Partner with some partner with an entity that can help you reach 25 and 30-year-olds, right? 
but not that entity, not Barstool. And my question would be, if not Barstool, what other entity that's big enough with enough scale and cred among 18 to 30-year-olds would you partner with? Because they're because like at least the like the NBA itself is inherently popular among young people. So whoever they partner with, they're bringing a young set of eyeballs to that platform. Yes. Like I don't know like who else people are like. Well, what about John Boy? Well, John Boy is awesome, but John Boy is like a fraction of the scale of audience size and um, inertia as Barstool has. So I don't know. It's it's a it's a really tough spot for baseball to be in. Um, All right, Declan. You're up next. All right, I'll, I'll give a who gets it. I'll, 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 I'll give a who gets it. Uh, a few Vikings rookies get it. Amir Smith-Marset and Kenny Nwangu absolutely get it. Finally, I think there's two rookies here that absolutely are, are showing off in training camp. Obviously, Christian Derrissaw is, is being first team on like the special teams. I saw that yesterday, so that's going well. Wyatt Davis is uh, basically playing not even JV. He's playing ninth-grade snaps, too. Finally, there's a couple rookies here that appear to get it for the Vikings. And they're late-round picks, but Nwangu has uh, has been turning the corner. Judd's been showing him off. Amir Smith-Marset's returning punts and finding himself in the competition for the wide receiver three position. After us kind of freaking out over Christian Derrissaw, and I know Phyllis said give Oli Udo a chance, and we can absolutely still do that, but Kenny Nwangu and Amir Smith-Marset appear to get it, and I'm excited that we actually have a couple of Vikings rookies who are making contributions in training camp. I'm yeah. afraid at this point in time for the first half of the 2021 season that the top three rounds, though, are going to have no contributors. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid is not going to play. They didn't have a second-round pick. Mm-hmm. Kellen Mond comes back today, and I didn't expect him to contribute, but I did expect him to get valuable training camp experience. Yeah. Uh, and then I think, uh, I think the uh, linebacker that they also took with a third round pick isn't going to contribute so but yeah uh, hey real like quick guys. real quick yeah as we're having this discussion dave portnoy is going in on twitter on mike rand from the star tribune right now so if is you're he? looking if you're looking for a fun twitter fight portnoy is between dave portnoy oh wow dunking on mike rand from the star what, tribune what did he put um so Rand, I'm just reading this for the first time so rand wrote something in the at least on star uh, startribune.com coming out against Barstool as a company. Yes. Uh, the Barstool brand was built on a premise of misogyny. They're honest about it, I suppose, but that doesn't make it better. And Portnoy comes in. It's amazing how little research the people who criticize us do on us. I'm just curious, Mr. Randall. He calls him Randall. <laughs> um, have you done any research on us? Did you know we had a female version of our site called Stoolala? Did everything we, uh, did everything we did from a female perspective Woman who ran it went on to become one of the biggest YouTube stars of all time and change the industry. Um, actually, it's funny because one of Barstool Sports' biggest podcasts that just jumped over to Spotify is literally a women's empowerment podcast called Call Her Daddy. It's very vulgar, but it's like all about like women taking the taking the torch, you know? Yeah, a lot of my so, anyways, girlfriends love it, yeah. I listened to one episode one time when I was like, I this definitely it. is not for me. Not for but, me. Oh it's not God. for me, dog, but I get, I get why it's a thing. So listen, I I know their checkered past. Um, there's a lot of dark skeletons, but kind of shows so ba- how desperate baseball is. Baseball's r- right now running the other way. Can't yeah. do this. Look at the reaction. Look at right, the Judd, reaction. Who, who gets it? Who doesn't? Okay, who gets it? I'm going to go with. Um, and this is premature to a certain degree, but I think it's in the right spirit of things. The Chicago Bears for doing what the Vikings wanted to do and actually pulling the trigger to move up 
for the 11th pick in the draft in a trade to get a first-round quarterback in Justin Fields, who is impressing in camp. I know it's early, but you know what? I appreciate that because the Bears, who have been for how long since basically Sid Luckman and maybe Cutler to a certain point, trying to find a quarterback, said, you know, the Vikings are making some phone calls. Bleep it. We're going to jump them. We're going we're gonna to get the 11th pick. We are going to take... Justin Fields, we are going to, right or wrong, and this is the key to why they get it, we're going to take a cheap, controllable quarterback who might be damn good, the Chicago Bears. Because these are the type of chances that you have to take with a quarterback who you actually like. So I don't mean Christian Ponder. That's who gets it. Yeah, it's kind of this. I always laugh at the Bears because they always just screw everything up at that position, but it kind of feels like they might have gotten this one right. Right, it kind of feels like for the first time. In I like how they're doing about it about fifty years. I like the fact he's not going to be forced to start immediately, and Dalton can. And yes, Dalton is old now, but it allows Field some time to get used to things. I like the strategy, but I I just like the fact that the Vikings and Bears both liked this kid, and the Vikings were calling around and clearly trying to lowball teams. Hey, would you take our third round pick? And they're like, no. And the Bears are like, bleep it. We're going to go get this kid. Show conviction. Because if you got this right, the the trade-off, the upside is so big. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, it's possible the Vikings just liked Kellen Mond equally and decided, or slightly less, and decided, all right, we'd rather get Derisaw and Mond. But time will tell. Time will tell. Uh, my next one presented by Dennis Kirk. Speaking of who gets it, Dennis Kirk, if you like to ride motorcycles, sport bikes, whatever it is, this is riding season right now. I would say riding season probably lasts into the fall to football season. So you got a oh, few yeah. months here and Dennis. Kirk, oh, my gosh. You're absolutely. right up to Duluth. Oh, that's a beautiful drive or ride, whatever. But if you like to ride that stretch North Shore. Dennis Kirk has 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets as well. And if you order by 8 p.m., they ship the same day. And shipping is free for orders over $89. DennisKirk.com. Who gets it? I'll let Declan queue up this next audio slash video soundbite. With no other comments needed, Anthony Edwards gets it. <laughs> what have you been up to this summer? Anything fun and unusual? Because I know you've been working on your game. Uh, I learned a new... Um... I got a new hobby, bowling. I'm really good at bowling now. Oh. Yeah. Very good. Like strikes? Yeah. Bumpers or no? Two, man, come on, man. Like 200. I'm bowling 200 for sure. Okay, that's not what we talked about pre-interview. Tell me about Lake Minnetonka. Oh, yeah, man. You know, I, um, I got baptized in uh, Lake Minnetonka. I uh, hit a couple backflips, you know, uh, swimming. I'm going back out there real soon. Meet me at Lake Minnetonka, all Minnesota fans. I'm going back out there. Uh, jet skis, everything. We're going to have fun. Can you swim? Yeah, like Michael Phelps. Like Michael Phelps. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Love that guy. Dude, he's amazing. Like, his personality, it's just, this franchise, you look at Kevin Garnett by the time he was done playing in Minnesota, and Kevin Love, and Jimmy Butler, it's like, and even Cat sometimes, everyone just looks so downtrodden and beaten down by the whole process, right? The history of the franchise and the losing and I hope that he doesn't lose that. But he's coming in here, and it feels like his personality and his game can just sort of put everything on his back and elevate. And I just love it. I hope he. I hope he is the leader of this team starting in two thousand twenty-one, twenty-two. So he is the the poster child in my mind for when you can tell a guy gets it, and and people will follow him. 
Justin Jefferson is the same exact way. You cannot just say, you know what, I'm really good. Like Cat, I'm really good, so follow me, right? Look at how Ant and a guy like Jefferson, look at how they carry themselves. Look at how they, they people gravitate towards them because you want to be around that. That's the That's the intangible thing that you can't just say, I'm really good, so follow me. When you're like Ant or Jefferson, you've got, for lack of a better term, a swagger that most human beings don't have. But I think there there, there also has to be sort of that that dark side. I'm going to take over the game. I, I know oh, when yeah. to get serious. Like, They've got that. Yeah. What I, what I don't want is for because he's got some Dwight Howard to his personality where he's just, hey, he's fun. And there is kind of a gravitational pull. But when it was time to get serious, Dwight Howard was still like, oh, this is fun. Right. And then. His Kobe, like Kobe, and some of his other teammates would always look at him like, "Dude, you need to, dude, like, there's a time to go into dark night mode, into mm-hmm. into Mamba mode, right?" And mm-hmm. so I think that's it. Like, can he switch gears from charismatic, gravitational pull guy to, all right, zoop, now I'm dominating this game, and now we're gonna win the next six, right? Like, there's got yeah. you got to be able to go back and forth a little bit. I think part so of that I, is, though- he, is he class clown, fun guy, or is he? Is he fun guy, charismatic leader who can go into a dark space and win a playoff game? Right? I think he's so competitive that he's got that. The thing I will say is, is when things don't go well for Cat, he incessantly starts to whine and mo- yep. and yell at the refs. That's the that's the thing in year two of Ant. I do not want to see. I don't want to see you uh, driving to the hoop, being fouled, not getting the call, and you know. Standing there with your arms apart, like, what happened? Why didn't I get that call? I want to see that next step, which is, yes, it's the Wolves, but you are the guy who is looked to as the leader of this team, and because of that, you have a responsibility to lead in a positive way and a competitive way, but not the woe is me way. That drives me crazy. There's also like this, I don't know, this might sound stupid, but I think there's nuance in the way that certain players complain to officials versus talk to officials in a sort of confident, this is my court sort of way. There's the, sometimes Cat comes off as, and he's a great player, especially offensively, and uh, I do think sometimes people pile on too much. Like, there's there's a little something missing from a, from a, just like an alpha personality standpoint, but when he complains to officials, it's like, why is this happening to me? Like sort of vibe. That's how I observe it. Yeah. When Kobe complains to officials, it's like when he used to, and you know, God rest his soul. Those those alpha type players. It was, hey, you're wrong. Jordan, did this the same is thing. my game, my court. Like you need to be better as an official. You were wrong. Yes. Like there's a nuance there. It's not why is the world against right. me? And you don't stop playing. Like Cat will stop playing. That drives me crazy. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I think we're on Declan here. Who gets it? Who doesn't? Wrap us up. All right. Who doesn't get it? This might start a war between Phil and I. Katie I, Thurston. Oh, you haven't seen it? Oh, he hasn't? All right. Oh, okay. oh no. That's fine. Oh, controversy. I will hold. Controversy on the show. I will hold. Oh, I figured no. you'd watch. Who? You only, you only tweeted out your 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 your. You're wa- you can't wait for the next series finale I of the bat. I figured you were going to watch it yesterday. Listen, so that's why I figured you got, I'm going to I'm going to th- I'm going to throw my wife under the bus. Okay, nice. Listen, we both had some extra work to do last night. She had a little sure. bit more than I did, and we decided to delay it. And so I'm going to okay. fully throw my wife right. under the bus for oh. that. All right, we're going to watch right. it tonight. I blame Mrs. Mackey then. 
and then we can possibly discuss this as a bonus as we wrap on Wednesday. Because I'm going to hold it then. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to hold it. No spoilers. Okay. You're good. Okay. Yep. I'm gonna, I, so now it I don't have it anymore because I'm out. But so now she's derailed a segment too. But it's fine. It's completely fine. No, no, this is good. This, we'll uh, we'll do a bonus. Derail the segment. Blame her. Wow. <laughs> so that is who gets it, who oh, yeah. doesn't hear every Tuesday mm. on Mackie and Judd. Enjoy a weed-free summer at the lake, courtesy of Aquaside. One easy application of Aquaside pellets can eliminate weeds and lake muck. Yeah. Aquaside has been trusted by hundreds of thousands of lake homeowners since 1960. Neglecting aquatic weeds can hamper recreational activities like swimming and boating. Lake weeds can also provide breeding habitats for insects. Make your lakeshore beautiful this summer with Aquaside. Call 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. Daily Minnesota Sports Entertainment. Awesome. And uh, boys, before we get to random season recall here, where Declan throws a random wait. a random sports season from Minnesota past at us, we love rankings. We yes, really we like, there aren't many things we love more than rankings on this show. And our friends at ESPN.com have something called the NFL Football Power Index. God, I love that term. <laughs> Power. Football. Power. Power. So much power. Index. 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 Yes. index. And so they have projections based on their football power index. It's essentially their uh, analytical way of ranking all the teams in the league. Let's see where the Vikings fall here. All right. They've got okay. the Kansas City Chiefs projected to be 11 and a half wins. So 11 and 6 or 12 and 5. They got the Buccaneers 11 and 6. Buffalo Bills round up to 11 and 6. They got the Minnesota Vikings almost exactly mid-pack, eight and a half wins as they simulate the season through their football power index. The Vikings are 46% to make the playoffs, 18%, I'm sorry, uh, 28% to win the division. They are 5% to make the Super Bowl. And 2% to win the Super Bowl. So if you go just off that 2%, there's about 15 teams with better odds than the Vikings to win the Super Bowl this season, including the Cowboys, the Colts, the Titans, the Patriots, the Dolphins, um, the Seahawks, and then all the regular teams you would expect, Browns, Chiefs, Buccaneers, Bills, Ravens, even the Niners, Rams, Packers, etc. So your guys' thoughts on... Mid-pack FPI ranking for the Vikings. And a two, do, do the Vikings win the Super Bowl two times out of 100 if they run this season? So the national expectations, uh, both in the FPI rankings and, and elsewhere, are far lower than mine. Like, it appears, it appears the national media and pundits are very much on the eight games or so, eight or nine yes. wins. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I'm not going to stop there. I can't. I won't. Like you're in the midst of a rebuilt defense, uh, an offense skill position wise that has tremendous talent, a quarterback who's supposed to be damn good. <sighs> the only thing that I can't gauge now is do do key guys miss time because of a injury or b COVID. Uh, but it, it appears the FPI is very much in line with what people are thinking nationally. I think that these. I think if these Vikings only win the Super Bowl two times out of 100, 
people get fired. So well, if you win, really? Well, if they win a Super Bowl, I, I see what you're saying. You're saying no, but odds. I'm saying if if the odds, if the odds overall, I should say, to restate it, if the odds overall are where the FPI puts them, I think people get fired. If they win eight games or nine games, I do not think people's jobs are secured at all. I think this team should be more along the lines of minimum 10 wins uh, in a 17-game season, as many as 11 or 12 wins. So I will say this, because nationally, lots of times those predictions are correct. If this is correct, I think that there is a new head coach of the Vikings when training camp starts for 2022. By the way, I'm just looking at different sports books and websites. So Vegas Insider has the Vikings at nine wins. So again, right in the middle of the pack, nine and eight. Seventeen eight, games, ish. though. Like that's not that's not that great. Yeah. So what are the main reasons why? So I, th- I think even with the tumultuous training camp so far, in which three of your quarterbacks are out for a week, Kirk was out. Justin Jefferson hurt his shoulder. Right. Uh, Darisaw hasn't really practiced. Uh, Ole Udo looks like the leading candidate, very inexperienced at right guard. So, like, there's all these sort of rickety things happening, and I think everyone's kind of crossing their fingers and hoping that by the time you move the train to week one that some of these things will be resolved and at least you'll have quarterback, wide receiver, like those guys back in the mix. Um, I think the main reason why there's such a gap between where we perceive locally, media, just by and large, media and fans, we think of this team – more like, I think, 11 wins in terms of like over-under, like 10 and a half, Correct. 11, and Agreed. can do something great defensively. And and these national pundits and analytics websites in Vegas are saying, nah, guys, it's you got to pump the brakes. Um, that should raise a red flag, for one, because mm-hmm. us- usually Vegas and the, these objective measurement entities, put it this way, Vegas isn't building new billion-dollar casino structures on every block every year uh, because they're wrong about this stuff, right? So right. It, it raises a red flag, but I think what's happening in the Twin Cities is we're looking at Dalvin Tomlinson and Michael Pierce and Patrick Peterson and Brashad Breland, and we're looking at all these guys and, and envisioning their best-case performance. Daniil Hunter's back. He's going to be the best again. Eric Kendricks is going to be healthy all season. Cam Dancer is going to be amazing, right? Like all, we're envisioning the best possible, just like we did out of the draft. Christian Derrissaw is going to come in and he's going to be a, a hit. Right. Well, he hasn't practiced yet, so like it's very rare that everything clicks. And so if everything doesn't click, what bails you out? Kansas City, if if everything doesn't click, yes, and, they've got and, Pat Mahomes. Yes, and this is the national perception, right yep. or wrong. This is it. Tampa Bay, if everything doesn't click, they still they have Tom, Tom Brady. Brady and weapons Correct. in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson can bail you out and Josh Allen in Buffalo. It's like Vegas and, in this case, uh, football power index football is telling you if things don't go perfectly across the board, we don't think Kirk Cousins can be the difference. That's what this is saying. Mm-hmm. And they know that that Kirk has not shown, despite his his stats, he has never shown that he can overcome true adversity to lead a team. Basically, the pundits feel the same way nationally about Kirk that we do. And it's where it's and I think that's where we take a hard turn away from the Kirk stands. 
Because the Kirk stands are like, well, just look at the stats, though. You don't look at the stats. Well, yeah, actually, you do. And then you dissect them and look and say, okay, but what has he done to take a team that is in trouble and say, screw it, we're going to win? I mean, that's the key thing. And he hasn't, and that's why they're they're like, you know what? If Pat P is not the same player that he was three years ago with the Cardinals, which very, which he might not be, can Kirk overcome that? Mm-hmm. And it might not be fair to Kirk, but that's the question. And the answer right now, until proven otherwise, is no. Like, legitimate question for you guys, right? When you look at, and I get that we aren't parsing apart these rosters every day like we are the Vikings, but based on the additions the Vikings made and based on the way that fans and media feel locally about the additions the Vikings made. Mm-hmm. Take away quarterback and just compare rosters. Do you feel like the Vikings have an inferior overall roster to Baltimore, Buffalo, the Rams, even the Packers? Like the, Pack, the, Pack, the Packers lost their starting center to, Infer- to the Chargers? Yeah, no, no, I don't. That's too strong a word. I do like, not. Like, you wouldn't look at that and say, oh, man, the Ravens have a much better roster than the Vikings. The Bills have a much better roster. You'd say, the Vikings roster, they've got some of the best skill position players. The names on paper on defense, pretty damn amazing. Like, pro mm-hmm. bowlers just all up and down. Um, offensive line, still questionable, which is amazing after all these years. But So then, if we think, all right, the rosters are pretty comparable, and you might even say the Vikings have a better roster than a couple of these teams, right? then why does Vegas have, and football power index, have the Ravens, the Bills, the Rams, the Packers, two wins better than the Vikings? Yeah, it's because it's because of one position. And, and look at what the Packers were projected at before, before our guy showed up. Before Aaron Rodgers showed up, they, they were projected to be what? Eight wins, seven wins, six wins? I don't know. Declan but yeah, the quarter at him at three. Declan did have him at three, mm-hmm. but the quarterback swings the perception for a reason. You might also throw coaching in here. Like, who would I rather have those teams I just mentioned, John Harbaugh or Mike Zimmer? Give me John Harbaugh 10 times out of 10. I think John Harbaugh is one of the great CEOs. Now, the Ravens, I think if you look at the Ravens' record against winning teams, it's actually not that. Like, they, they tend to beat the teams they're supposed to beat. Sure. And they come up short. There's a little bit of Vikings-itis there. You know, Rams, would you rather have Sean McVay or Mike Zimmer? I mean, the shine wore Crazy. off a little on McVay, but, like, I'll still take McVay, right? Yeah. 49ers, even. The 49ers are 10 and a half. Not because they have, you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but because I think – their roster is really good, and people love Kyle Shanahan as a coach. So, very interesting. What do you guys think uh, Zim needs to get to wins-wise to secure that he's back for sure next season? I think it's about playoff wins. I think he needs to okay. win a playoff. I think he needs to win a playoff game. Whether yeah. he wins nine or fourteen in the regular season, I think if if they don't win a playoff game, I think mm-hmm. it's really easy for the will for the Wilves to say Pack and Spielman. Hey, thank you so much. And I don't think it has to be this big. Like, if Mike Zimmer gets fired, I hope people don't crap on him too much because he's been a he's been a really good, rock solid coach for this organization. Mm-hmm. And um, but I but I do think it's fair to say, hey man, this franchise has done everything in sixty years except they they've had Super Bowl appearances, they've had miracle plays, they've had record setting offenses, they've had the best defense in the NFL multiple times throughout the history. It's time to do 
the last thing on the checklist, which is win a Super Bowl. And Mike, we're sorry, man. Like, we're good with you, but if we can't win a playoff game seven or eight years into this thing with the with the moves that you wanted to make in the offseason to fix the defense, I think it's fair to to make a swap at head coach. I think if they sneak in as a wild card and lose the first round playoff game, you're probably right. And I think if if that's the case, I think Mike is probably gone, and I think that they will find a way to get rid of, of Kirk, too. I, I think this whole thing with Kirk currently is the final straw of, okay, if you're not, if if you don't have, forget statistical success, if you don't have team success, we're going to blow the quarterback and coach out. Yep, because cause it might also mean, it might not be, this is where, like, the Kirk stands get so defensive. How is it his fault? It's not about fault. People are focused on fault. It's not his fault that they couldn't beat X team, or it's not his fault that the defense was this. Mm-hmm. It's no one's saying it's not. No one's saying fault. It's at that price, that cap number. Can you overcome the faults around you more often to win more games? And if you can't, then you either can't make that much money, or you just flat out can't be the quarterback of the team. And by the way, now, especially since the the um, high draft picks on the offensive line aren't gelling or practicing, or if they are in the case of Wyatt Davis, they're with the third team, now you're going to see exactly what Kirk's contract did to you. You this is so so Darisaw and Davis, if they could have started, and let's say they're passable, it's like, you know what, it worked out. It worked out. High draft picks, awesome. Uh but both of those guys almost certainly are not going to start September twelfth against the Bengals. Rashad Hill is going to start, and you can give him a chance, but either Oli Udo guy. is going to start, your guy, guy, or Dakota <laughs> Dozier is going to start. And that's where, so for all the folks that said, look, they still signed Patrick Peterson and brought Mackenzie Alexander back, and look at what they brought back. So you guys who said it's Kirk's fault because of his contract, you need to shut up. You're going to see an offensive line that is a thousand percent less than ideal. Rashad Hill, great guy, good veteran, has no business starting hey. at left tackle in this league. Who's got two thumbs and an experimental high upside question mark at right guard? This guy right here. That's right. Drew Samia? Drew Samia too? <laughs> Get nasty. Well, anyway, yeah, so we're about to find out. All right, so uh, that blast of football power football. index Vikings discussion presented by our friends at Burnsville Heating and Air because you know what? If Mike Zimmer finds himself unemployed at the end of the season, he's got options. Burnsville yes, he Heating does. and Air is hiring all different levels of experience, full-time jobs, year-round work, lots of overtime opportunities. If you're just looking to uh, do some extra work after hours, get some extra money, and uh, you can apply. You can apply for. And by the way, just to just to clarify, um, even if you have no experience whatsoever, you are Mike Zimmer, and you've been a football coach your whole so life. So I could apply. Judd Zolgan. Judd Zolgan. Could apply. They you might draw the line at you. They might yep. draw the line. <laughs> at you. you suck. <laughs> um, they'll hire apprentices, leads, finishers, equipment setters, and they'll train you on the job. And they'll find a job site within ten to twenty minutes of your home, so you don't have to drive to Burnsville if you don't live near Burnsville. Burnsville Heating. Dot com. Click careers, burnsvilleheating.com, and click careers. All right, Declan, it's time for Random Season Recall, where Declan quizzes us 
on Minnesota sports seasons of I'm yonder, of yesteryear, I guess. The we're 1999. We're, we're, we're pretty good here. Pretty good. Oh, Minnesota Twins. boy. Wow, dude. We're going you back to the 90s. I woke up this morning Awful and I thought, team. I feel like it's been a while since Declan's thrown a 90s Twins team at us. And mm-hmm. wow, you went into okay. obscurity for this one. I did. This is a bad Twins team. Yeah, this is uh, the first 90s team actually we've done since we brought back uh, Random Season Recall for the last few months here. So, yeah, our first 90s team. Uh, we'll start with this one. And by the way, in by this caveat the here. Way. By the uh, way. I always ask for win totals, and, I'll, and I'm going to give you that question. But the 1999 Twins actually had a tie game that was on their record. Okay. They had a tie game that happened. So take that into consideration. No shootout? Yeah, no shootout, no uh, runner at second base, no uh, integrity of the game, no uh, bar stool. Uh, how many wins did the 1999 Minnesota Twins finish with? Well, not very many. <laughs> Not very so, you know, oh, so. so they lo- it was in the nineties. They they did not lose a hundred games in that era, but they lost ninety plus almost every year. So we're yeah. kind of we're working in a range of like, you know, like ninety four. I want to say like, wait, when like ninety six? Okay, so you're saying, I'm saying losses. losses. I'm, I'm saying I'm saying they yep, lost. Yep, yep, they yep, lost yep. like ninety four ish games in nineteen ninety nine. So like it's in that ballpark. So if, I don't know. I keep gravitating toward ninety four, and I tend to trust our instincts with these things. So you're but saying ninety. So you're saying ninety four. So their record would have been if they if with no ties, it would have been sixty eight ninety four. With a tie, it means it was sixty. It would have been sixty seven ninety four and one, something like that. I'm gonna put you know, in three. Okay, three and ones, I was gonna say I was gonna say off the top of my head, seventy wins. So we're right in the same ballpark, Phil. Okay. And we're, are we going? We're, and we're going for the number of wins here. That's what we're going for. Yep. Declan? wins, right? And I will give so you. So I'm free, saying, but, but we've got a cushion. I'm saying win sixty-seven window. to that's sixty. Fine, you're then. saying seventy. Seventy. So yeah. Okay. So that's absolutely fine. So let's just because there's no way that it was. I think seventy would kind of could screw us if they lost more. So I think sixty-eight yep. puts us in a sweet spot where if we're underestimating okay. how bad they were. So let's Perfect. go sixty-eight. What? Okay, what was it? 63. 63, 97, and 1. They were worse than you guys were projecting. Oh, 70 wins, Judd. That's... Well, 70 and, 90, like, 70 and 91 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. So 63, 97, and 1 was their final record. Mm. Bad. I mean, we're yeah. we're sniffing around there. You were. That's pretty yeah. close. You're pretty close. close. I feel pretty You're good. Close. Our swing is... Okay. Swing's pretty honed here. Yeah, you know, like, nice little can of corn. Are to we the right tracking field. pitches, yeah. Phil? Yeah. Right now, are we tracking? Yeah, I saw the laces on that fastball. Throw it again. Okay, that's good. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> good eyesight. Who led the 1999 Minnesota Twins in OPS? Oh my god, dude! This is okay. This is so, so the All Star on this team was Ron Coomer because that was the All Star game at Fenway Park. Okay, that was one of my questions, so I will give that to you. Wow, dude! Wow, dude. That, you just that? pulled that out, so I'll just give that to you, right? By the way, well, before we well, think about this, I'll delete that one. Speaking of the Twins real quick here, I don't know yeah. if you guys know this, but the 1991 Twins reunion happening at Target Field this weekend, and tickets are available. Twinsbaseball.com slash tickets. If you want to relive this year's team, eh, a little rough around the edges. If you want to relive the greatest season, well, one of the two greatest seasons yeah, in I was Twins gonna say history. Yeah, don't sell them short in 87. 
the 1991 yep. Twins reunion, and tickets are available. I believe Saturday is the big it is. Uh, celebration. presentation day, celebration day. So celebration. check out yep. com slash tickets. If I'm not mistaken, too, I think on Friday night, we are going to welcome the boomstick back to town. Yep. So it's, this is a big yep. weekend. So he's going to get a big tribute. Weekend. So like, it's put not just going to be an arbitrary. Let's put him in the Twins Hall. The greatest hitter in Twins history. Let's, you would. Let's do it right You'll now. You'll fly back here and Statue. enshrine him. Statue. While active. Mm-hmm. All right. What about Harmon Killebrew? Yeah, well, good hitter. Nelson Cruz, a thousand points higher on the Twins OPS. All right. Don't yeah. come at me. Oh, I will. So Coomer. Rod Crew. Uh, yeah. Pierzynski was on that team. I'm trying to it's think if, Prim- if it's Prim- was on that team. Is, is this Premankavich? These guys all got like at least cups of coffee on this. Corey team. Hunter got sent down. I want to say in like May of this year. He he got yeah. off to a he was awful. And I I was at the dome one Sunday, and I think they sent him down right after the game. Um, Mo- so, Molitor was Molitor was not on the team anymore. Steinbach like, like the veterans. Steinbach. He was but, like I mean, 96, not... 97. So who would have? 99, so would, this would have been like Matt Wallbeck territory, right? Or like Marcus Jensen, like these random. Oh, I think Marcus Jensen. I think you might be honest. I think Matt Wallbeck was gone by then. They had uh, Danny, or was it Danny Ardois was, a, I think, one of the catchers. Just, it, all, it all just creeps together. Oh, did David, or- David Ortiz have a? David Ortiz played in 99. I have David no Ortiz idea have for a, this. I'm gonna, all right, I'm going to say David Ortiz. I'll let you guess. No. David I, Ortiz did play in a few games, but what did not qualify for the OPS title. Was Paul gone by now? Did Paul retire after? I, I think thought Paul so. played 97. 96, or, oh, it might have been 96, 97, 98. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think you're right. Who else was on that team even? Uh, 10 games for David Ortiz that year. He didn't get a single hit. Oh, 20 at bats, not a single hit. Okay, so some of these guys. Oh, you know what? Jock Jones, I think Jock Jones was up, was up and up and at him around this time. Because I was going to say, um, okay, Jack Jones, Jack Jones. Yeah. Hey, was was Pat Mears on this team? When when did he get DFA'd and picked up by Pittsburgh? I thought he got DFA'd like at some weird 99. time. Yeah, somewhere. Jack there. Jones was third on this team in OPS. Okay, he had a nice season. Who else was? Koski and Pierzynski were pretty good, and I don't remember if they. This is tough, man. I don't remember how much. So Ko- I think Koski didn't Koski play a lot on this team, dude. This is this is hard. Minkiewicz didn't break out until one, right? I thought Koski didn't Koski predate those guys. Was so like another, it was like, the thumper? it was the Przinski, Minkiewicz, Hunter, that crew, yeah. Was Koski? Did he predate them? Had, had he well, come we have along? One, we have one guest left here. Should we just go Koski? No, Let's go Koski. All right, Koski. Corey Koski? Yep. Corey Koski. Yeah, I thought he. Now, how, how many games did he play that season? 117. So he did predate them. Mm-hmm. He did come up before them. Yep. Nice. 117, 855 OPS, slash 310, 387, Oh, he's, he's a good player. He's a good hitter. Player. Yeah, he was real good. Improved really good to third player. base a lot, too, because of Guardy. All right. Nice job. All right. Three starting pitchers made over 30 starts that year. Who were they? Radke's one of them. Radke? Uh, Eric Milton. This is peak Eric Milton time, right? Is that an official guess? Well, hold on. Yeah. I, I, I think so. I think it, yeah, because the no-hitter was in... The no-hitter was 99. Yeah. Official guess? Eric yes. Milton. Yes. September 11th. Okay. I was at that game. September, September 11th, 11, 1999. Oh, boy. That's one right. More. 
Um, 30 yeah. or more starts? Yep, just one more. Okay, so Radke Milton. This is, is uh, Joe, Joe Mays was making some starts at some point. Ooh, 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 that's a good one, Phil. He was not very good until 2001. Okay, hold on a second. W- were there any, was a Latroy starting at the time? I don't think he got to 30 starts, but, you know, he was a starter when he, he began was. and then got moved to the bullpen. You know, who was the other guy? I like your um, maze. Who was the, the shortstop they drafted? As, uh, the Red Sox drafted him as a shortstop, and the Twins, he was a pitcher for the Twins. Oh, Rodriguez? Was it Frankie yeah, Rodriguez? Frankie Rodriguez. Who this gave up Frank- the mammoth home run to McGuire with the A's at some point in time. It went halfway up the left field deck. <laughs> mm-hmm. Frankie Rodriguez. Ooh, that's interesting. We get some yeah. wrong guesses here. Let's let's go Joe Mays. Let's guess Joe Mays. Yeah. 20, 20 starts for Joe Mays, 49 games, but not 30. So, so he's a swing man. So Rod, yeah. Rodriguez came from Boston in the, I want to say, Aguilera trade. But I don't know if... God, they, I mean, they just ran some guys out there with no other yeah. options that just got pelted. Were, were there any... Vet, were there any... Old veteran well, Ter- arms. Terry Mulholland at some point. Right. But I feel like he was with the Cubs in 1999. He was, they had Terry The Twins Mulholland. also had Tewksbury at some point. Do you remember that? That was like 95, 96. Okay, that's what I, that, that this is where it earlier. all runs together. It's all the beers I've had through the years. Um, 99. Was it so like who, a, they had guys like Dan Nolte and Serafini, Matt Kinney. Guys ever made that many starts though? Do you? So Radke, Milton, Mays, Gordado was a starter in here somewhere. Gordado was a starter. Yeah, but was he? A st- Hawkins was a starter. Latroy, they ran Hawkins out there a lot. Yeah. Let's guess Latroy they- Hawkins. Troy Hawkins. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Judd Zolgad coming in clutch. Off the record, any guess what Latroy Hawkins' ERA was that season in those thirty-three starts? Definitely over six. Yeah, definitely seven, over six. Uh, six six fifty-nine. Six six six. Devil. Sign six, of six, six six six. Bob. Oof. Oof. That was, <laughs> that's a that's impressive <laughs> that we got that though. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty a good, good one. Yeah. We're on fire. All right, four players hit double-digit home runs that season. You guys did name. Koski's one of them. Two of them. So Koski Coomer. Other two? Koski Coomer. Yep. Ding ding. Pierzinski Pure, Phil? AJ? Yeah. yeah. We get three wrong guesses. AJ. Okay, hold on. Now now stuff just got serious. Um, okay, th- this would have been a year, I'm pretty sure ninety nine. They had some weird like rotating outfielders. Like I Oh, oh. Did Marty Cordova still play for the Twins in nineteen ninety nine? He was rookie of the year in 96? Yeah, he might have. Yeah, he probably did. Marty Cordova. Nice. One more. Nice! Uh, Matt Lawton. Official guest, Matt Lawton? Sure. Yeah. God. He, okay, did, hold on. Did he get, did Dude, he get traded in that sorry. summer for Rick Reed? Uh, that was 2001. 2001. Okay. Seven home okay. runs for Matt Lawton that year. So just between Judd and I here, we get one wrong guess. Which it's been confirmed that Jock Jones Jock was, Jones. Was oh, that's third exactly in OPS. what I was gonna say. Yep. Jock Jones. Jock Jones. Oh, come what? On. No. Yes, he did. No. Nine home runs. Check but again. Not 10. <laughs> just give him one more. 
check it again. Check again. I think that's our All third right. wrong guess. Yeah, it was. Who is it? Chad Allen. Oh, I would never would have got. Sorry. Chad Allen. You suck for Chad asking Allen. that question. What? You officially suck. Chad well, my fault you got the question wrong. But it's your fault that you ask us a question that had Chad Allen as an answer. Mm-hmm. Chad. Chad Allen. Um, Yuck. Last one here. Who was the highest paid player on the Twins coming into that season? <laughs> oh, my and God. And if you want, I can give you the salary. And then, get, yeah, what, and then who, you can guess the player. What can salary? We the, can we guess the salary? Sure. It would. It would have been. This is. This is very much like cheap poll ad contraction. Here. You know what People I think? People complain about the cheap poll ad hey. now. We'll get a load of what, what this is going to. Phil, be. I think it might be Radke because I want to say he signed a pretty substantial contract around this time. He signed a four-year deal. So well, let's backtrack it. I don't know. Radke. Radke made his debut in like 1995 or six. And so okay. he would have been under team control. He still would have been under team control through like 01. Okay, so that might have been. Okay, so wait. I mean, they could have signed into an early contract, and it was like so, a four year, $40 million deal. So it's not Przinsky. It's Real not quick, Jack Jones. Is the figure. It's got to be a. It's got to be less than $10 million, the top paid oh, player, right? In 99, yeah. Way I'm gonna, less. I'm going to say it was like six or $7 million. I'm, I'm going to say it's about two or three. It was ridiculously low back then. I mean, then. Puckett made three in the early Right, 90s. but Kirby was gone, and they cut costs then. We're, we're literally in the middle. Judd said two, you said six, Phil. It's so like it's four? Four. Four point oh three million. Yeah. God, dude, are you serious? So, hold, so wait, wait, wait. So, Przinsky and ads. Jones. Przinsky and Jones and that crew couldn't have got guys. paid yet. Yep. And he did not spend a lot of time with this team, even though he was the highest paid player. So, it's so a this slap. Would been, this would have been like a... It's a slappy. Is it a pitcher or a position player? Pitcher. Okay. So there was oh. there was a bunch of random dudes who kind of came in. When was Hernan? When was when was Levon? Oh, oh, that was, that was that like 2008, 2008 pal. He oh, was okay. he was winning World Series on the biggest strike zones of okay. all time. This at yeah, this man. time right now. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Hold. So it's a pitcher. I'm trying to oh, think wait. of some of the the old school relievers wait. that they were bringing in. When did they trade Aggie? Because um, if he didn't. Although Probably he got traded, 96. he got traded at the deadline. Was Aggie so. back? Did he come back? He, well, he, yeah, because he came back. He went to Boston, came back as a starter, and then was traded to the Cubs. I want to say something like that. Oh, I'm trying to think of the relievers <laughs> that would have been. Oh, was it like you know who? Um, wow. Okay, if I'm right. The name Greg Swindell just popped into my head, Judd. Oh my God! Former Giants reliever. But were they paying Greg Swindell four million dollars as a reliever? No, it would have been no, a starter. I, it, it's got to be a starter. Can I just for fun just guess Greg Swindell, knowing that it's probably wrong? Okay, there you go. Was just Greg wasted Swindell me. on this. You team? just took an air ball from midcourt <laughs> for no good reason, other than you had a hunch. It's got to um, be a starting pitcher, then, right? Highest paid player. So Radke, I mean, Milton. it could be Radke in arbitration. Milton was too young. I think we should guess Radke. Okay, Radke. Let's guess Radke. One more. Who are the veteran pitchers on this team? This is before Kenny Rogers. <laughs> I like how Levon Hernandez popped into my mind. Eight years. <laughs> this is before That's Rick awesome. Reed. Man, this is gonna. Oh, this is so annoying. When did Aguilera come back? That's the only thing I can think of. 
Honestly, you could be... But Declan said he didn't spend much time with the team. Declan went to said that if it was Aguilera. I'm I'm lost. I'm, I'm trying to think of starting pitchers of who would this is it's gonna God, it's gonna be so obvious too. Yep. So if it's not Radke, it's definitely not Joe Mays. It's definitely not Milton at the time, right? Because Milton, I don't think Milton ever made that much. I'm trying did, to did envision we, the pitchers did we that ask Jim starter was taking yard. Or is reliever. it a starter or a reliever? Yeah, or a little of both. So this season he was a reliever. Might be Aguilera, dude. All right. Aguilera. 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 Wow, yes! Dude. Nice job. Yes! Nice job. And Redemption! And the reason I said it is because he was he was actually traded May 21st to the Cubs. Yes. Which Judd was right. Yes. Who did the Cubs who did the Cubs send back to the Twins in that trade? <laughs> well, so the Twins One's a notable name. One's a one's a notable name. The other one I don't really remember this guy, but he but he also was a pretty bad pitcher for the Twins on these 99-2000 team. But one they got back was a pretty legitimate name. What position? Pitchers. Both of them are pitchers. Both they traded they- Aguilera and Scott Downs to the Cubs. Scotty Downs. Scott Downs. Scotty Downs. Or the, to the Cubs for these two pitchers. And they were like minor leaguers that, that became... Or were they like... Oh, oh, one of them... Oh, I... Um, one of them came up just right away with the Twins. He'd been pitching for the Cubs, I think. I think he might have been pitching for the Cubs. Um... Not Steve Traxel. Who who was in that rotation? So that's um, my. I, I used to watch every Cubs game. It was. Yeah, it would have been like Steve the, Traxel. Kerry. Uh, this is probably Kerry after Woodish. Jim Bollinger was gone by then. Kerry Wood. Mark Pryor was like two thousand. Oh, it was somebody who was three. supposed to be a pretty good. Uh, he was. He'd come up with them, and he was pretty good. Like he was. He was seen as a pretty good prospect, but then he wasn't that good here. Oh, I think I saw this guy pitch at the dome a few times. Kevin Tappany got traded to the Cubs one time. Yeah, I did. I don't know, man. I, Who is I it? Nothing. They traded Aguilar and Scott Downs for Jason Ryan. I don't remember a that. A p- crappy pitcher for them. Yeah. And Kyle Loesch. Okay. Oh, Kyle was Loesch was okay. part of that trade. Interesting. So Loesch didn't come up till 01, Oof. but yes. All right, okay. that was that was a sparring match right there. That is random season recall here. By the way, that was really good. Like, we started off the wins wrong, but... Oh, and there I go. The rest yep. of... Yeah, well, you know what? It's probably for the best. You've Declan's been canceled because up. because you included Chad <laughs> Allen in a... Yeah. That's what happens, dude. It's 2021. Five we seven. cancel people that put Chad <laughs> Allen in our trivia game. All right, we got to go. 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 All right. Are we that's doing a wrap. it? Mackie and Judd, we'll catch you guys for a little write that down action. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup. So you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.